0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. How
1: many people do you think actually get divorced a day in the United States?
0: Oh boy. Oh. I'll
1: say around a thousand, maybe around a thousand. That's a really good guess. Okay. I had no idea when I started researching this, but the reality is, according to the Census Bureau, there's about twenty four hundred people a day that get divorced in the United States. Wow, that's a, lot. that's a lot. That is a lot. And so, you know, that's why we do specialize financial planning for a divorce. Now, there's planning that you can do during the divorce, but today, what we're going to focus on is what to do once that divorce is final. Okay. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about some divorces that have happened out there. I just kind of get a <laughs> kick out of these. Um, the The largest divorce that ever was on record was actually between Mel and Robin Gibson in 2009. And that still stands today as the largest divorce that is on record. They had a settlement of he had to pay his uh, wife 425 million dollars.
0: Wow. In that divorce settlement. <laughs> My goodness. That um that's Yeah, that's staggering.
1: A, that's a number that not many people can relate to. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> well, and the celebrity who has been married and divorced the most is actress Zsa, Zsa Gabor. And how many
1: times was she married? Nine. Oh, my goodness.
0: Nine (laughs) times.
1: Wow. You know, I myself um, have been divorced, Mm -hmm. and it's not something I can contemplate going through nine times. No, once was (laughs) enough for me,
0: actually. Yeah.
1: Well, and the shortest celebrity marriage that's on record is actually Britney Spears, and she was married to Jason Alexander for a grand total of 55
0: hours. (laughs) Wow, so Kim Kardashian isn't doing so bad, huh? Yeah, maybe not.
1: <laughs> well, let's dial it back down to something that uh, most of our listeners can actually relate to, though, which is, you know, a, a non-celebrity divorce not involving hundreds of millions of dollars or 55-hour marriages.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: So, okay, when your divorce is done, the very first thing that I would recommend that you do is assess your situation. Okay. You know, following a divorce, you really need to get a handle on your finances. You need to take into account that you have lost one of the incomes, you know, your former spouse's income that used to be coming into your household. Um, You might now have expenses that you didn't have before, so you have to figure out how you're going to budget for things. Maybe you've taken on a new housing payment, you've got a new car loan, but ultimately you have to come to a realization that the lifestyle you lived before is probably going to be different because you don't have as much income coming into a household and you probably have similar expenses as you did before. Yes. So the very best thing that I can recommend is that you make sure you've gone through and done a great. Budget for yourself so you understand your cash flow. I wish
0: I'd known that. All (laughs) right. So how do you actually go about splitting up the assets?
1: So that is probably what I would say is step two. So first of all, get your budgeting in order. Second of all, it's time to split up those assets. Now, um, when assets get split in a divorce, usually the divorce decree is going to say who gets what. Okay, Okay. And your financial advisors are going to need a copy of that divorce decree so they can start to work with the companies to take accounts and move them to the correct ownership. So, for instance, if the husband has a IRA in his name and it's going to go to the wife in the divorce, then you have to actually change ownership at the company level and most of the time the financial advisors will need a copy of the divorce decree and oftentimes both spouses will have to sign a letter of instruction that say this account now I give permission for you to follow the divorce decree and move it from me to you know my ex-spouse now sometimes there is something that's required called a quadro okay mm. and a quadro is a qualified domestic relations order And basically, it's a legal document that's necessary to split retirement accounts, but it's only necessary sometimes, okay? So we had a client who came in, and she was going to get her now ex-husband's IRA, and her attorney was telling her that she needed a quadro to be drafted. Now, a quadro is something an attorney does have to draft, and it sounds expensive. It is expensive (laughs) because it takes time for them to do that. Um, and what we were able to do is call the company and find out if they needed the quadro. And in fact, they didn't, they just needed a copy of the divorce decree and they needed the letters of instruction. So one of the thing, um, the things to be aware of is don't just assume you need a quadro, when you're splitting the assets, you really need to check with the companies and find out what exactly they need. Now, a piece of advice that I want to give to people who are actually still going through that divorce is in your divorce decree, the best way to write it to make the asset splits easier is to reference the account name and number in the divorce decree. Okay, so we had a situation recently where one of our clients got divorced and they had an IRA that was with American funds. Now, that IRA was a rollover from a job that they had had when they worked at Gateway. Okay, so the husband and the wife had always referred to that as the Gateway account. (laughs) So in the divorce decree, it was referred to as the Gateway account. Well, nowhere in this American Funds IRA is it called the Gateway Account. It's American <laughs> Funds now, and it's got an account number. And so we did have to have a Quadro drafted for that because it was called something different in the divorce decree than what it was called in real life. Oh, so sense. make sure that when you're, you're drafting that decree with your attorneys that you're actually listing account names and numbers the way they are, not necessarily how you just refer to them. <laughs>
0: Private joke gone bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you're in that spot of splitting the assets, that is the time for you to um, get them split, get them into your name. But then I would suggest that you possibly pause for a moment.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Right. right after you've gone through the transition of divorce, you don't really need to make any giant long-term decisions about what to do with that money. Okay. Mm -hmm. You need to have money liquid. You need to have access to it and you need to get used to the new life that you're going to live because, uh, you may have things come up that you hadn't anticipated that you need to be able to get into money for. I see a lot of people who, Put money into programs that locks them up for a long time and then wish that they had access to it. Mm -hmm. So don't be in a big hurry to invest money in things that have long periods that you're locked into them. Or if you're going to do that, make sure that you have a pool of liquid assets. Liquid means you can get into them. And that you have accessibility to your money. If anybody's pushing you to do something different, that should be a big red flag that maybe you're working with someone that doesn't have your best interests at heart. So um, when you're ready to make those long-term decisions down the road, then you can be thinking of terms of now that you're on your own, what do you need those assets to do for you in your future and in your retirement? And I just want to mention real quick that we do have a retirement readiness seminar coming up on March the 22nd. It's really designed for people who are about 10 years old to retirement somewhere within 10 years of retirement It will help you get your ducks in a row for retirement. So if you're recently divorced or if you've been divorced for a few years and you're ready to start thinking retirement, just give us a call at 605-217-3555 or you can sign up online at com for our retirement readiness seminar.
0: So all right, so Mary, I got to I got to ask you, what estate documents do you need to redo. Should we talk about that now? Absolutely.
1: Okay. So, okay. You've been married. Maybe you had a will together and now you're not married. What do you need to do? Well, one of the things that you need to do is you do need to redo your will. Okay. okay? Now, a lot of the times the divorce attorney that you worked with is not also an estate planning attorney. So you may need to find a new attorney to help you get your legal ducks in a row. Okay. And the, uh, kind of the documents that you need to have are you need to have a will and the will is going to say who gets your stuff okay now oftentimes in a divorce there's children involved right and so you know that if you have minor children and you die your kids are probably going to go live with your ex right but let me ask you this question Hmm. would you want your ex to get your money No. Yeah, I don't think I know anybody who's going to answer that. Well, and
0: it's like you said last week, it's also with your uh, beneficiaries on some of your uh, Mm -hmm. um, investments you have, make sure you got those switched over.
1: Absolutely. So here's the thing. In your will, you can can know that your children are probably going to go live with your ex, but the money that you're going to leave to your children, you can create a trust right in your will. And that trust is going to have somebody assigned to manage it that's going to take care of the money for your kids. So you can name a sibling, a friend, um, a a bank, somebody like that, that is going to be in charge of doling out the money for your kids' health, welfare, maintenance, education. And that is something that is not always known, but you can get the money cared for for your kids without your ex-spouse being in charge of it. And you do that through a will. The other two legal documents that you need to redo is getting a financial power of attorney, so someone that can help take care of your finances if you become mentally incapacitated. And the other one is to have a health care power of attorney. Okay. a Pull the plug, don't pull the plug document. Now that you're no longer married, you need to name somebody who's going to be able to do that for you. Okay. It is important to get your beneficiaries changed. Okay. Once the divorce is final... Once that ink is dry on that document, you can go in and you can change your beneficiaries, have them reflect who you want this money to go to. If it's minor children, you want it to pass through your will so it can be held in the trust. If it's not minor children, then you just need to get some new names on those documents and make sure that the money is going where you want the money to go. So uh, feel free to give us a call. We have a great kit put together It's called the Post-Divorce Financial Kit. It has a lot of different things in it like uh, a budget, a bill pay sheet, a checklist for what to do once you get divorced, information about insurance and house maintenance and things like that. We've tried to put together a great resource for people uh, once that divorce is done. So call in 605-217-3555.
0: wondering if you can comment a little bit on just the whole the debt and rebuilding credit or just let's 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 talk about all of this
1: i think that is a fantastic thing to talk about because you're right getting a divorce does financially set you back because assets split in half yes you know so being able to take what you have now and then build something going forward is really important and the first thing that you want to look at to Uh, rebuild is your debt load reduction and then your credit. So on the debt, let's talk about that for a minute. First of all, You have to get really honest about where you are. And sometimes this scares people, you Mm -hmm. know, because maybe the debt feels overwhelming or you're just not sure what to do. But the first thing I recommend you do is just get really honest about where you are, which means pull together your balances, pull together your interest rates, pull together what your monthly payment obligations are. And that's step one. Step two is to build what we call a debt snowball. Now, a debt snowball is not something that I came up with. That's a Dave Ramsey term. But a debt snowball basically says, here's all your debt. There is a best way to pay it down. Okay. Okay? Sometimes it's focusing on the highest interest rate first. Sometimes it's focusing on... Where can you get the most wins most frequently, meaning paying off little pieces of debt? And and the idea with a debt snowball is once you pay off something, you take the payment you were making there and you apply it to the next thing. Oh, sure. And then your payments get bigger and bigger. You're paying off things faster and faster. And having wins more frequently mm-hmm. means that you're paying things off and getting them out of your life out of your head. Oh, you feel in control. you Absolutely, empowered. yes. Mm-hmm. So um, we can help you build a debt snowball. That's actually something that one of the certified financial planners in our office um, has created a great platform to build that. Um, and then help you figure out how to pay that debt off a lot faster using smart methodology to okay. do it. The next thing, though, is um, you want to take a look at your credit. Right. So there are different free places where you can get your current credit score. Okay, and then there are some tips and tricks to rebuilding your credit. I'm just going to go over a couple with them, a couple with you right here. Yes, (laughs) please. So, okay, one of the things is um, when you have credit cards, the ideal number of credit cards to have is actually three. Now, I don't mean store credit cards, I mean like MasterCard, Visa, Discover. Okay, and so if you have three credit cards, that's the ideal number from a credit perspective. Um, And then the magic number is that you don't carry a balance on there that is more than one-third of what your credit limit is. Okay. So if you have a $1,000 credit limit, Mm -hmm. you really don't want your balance to ever be more than about $300 on there. Okay. Okay. Um, And the reason for that is the credit scores are checking in to see how much you're using of your available credit. And if you're using more than about a third, there's an internal assumption that maybe you're in some financial trouble. Okay. Otherwise, why would you need to have yes. yourself be carrying that much? So um, that is something that people don't necessarily know about. Now, the other thing that people don't um, think about, a lot of times women especially have never had their own credit card. Wow, they've only had a, a joint credit card where okay. the primary cardholder was the husband's name, and they were a secondary name. And that the secondary name like that tends not to actually reflect on your credit. Sure. So if you have never had a credit card before, or you've never had a loan in your name, you have to start from scratch building credit. You can there are certain cards that you can get that are designed for women who've never had credit before. Really? Yep, they'll have a low credit limit. And what you want to do is get one of those cards, you want to charge something on it every single month, and you want to pay it off every single month. Okay. And if you do that and establish that for six months to a year, you will build your credit effectively that way. Then you'll be able to go get the other two or three cards you know that you want to sure. um, and, and have that credit score be there. The other thing that you can do to build your credit is to take out an installment loan and make absolutely sure – that you do not have any late payments, (laughs) (laughs) which generally speaking means put it on an automatic payment out of your bank account. And it's kind of funny because sometimes I've counseled people to do this, even if they don't actually need the money, but they need to rebuild their credit to take a small loan, let's say a $5,000 loan, Mm -hmm. and then pay it off every month. And the, the simple reason to do that is to rebuild your credit. So if you can establish that you're paying bills on time, you're only using a small percentage of your available credit, um, that is how you build your score back up to something that when you need to take out a bigger loan, like a home loan, or you want to get a a better deal on a car loan or something Mm -hmm. like this, then by golly, you're going to be able to do that. Okay. So, okay. Another thing is um, when your divorce is done that you want to do within the first year is to look forward. At what your insurance needs are.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So if you were living in a home and now you're maybe living in an apartment or a condo that you don't own, you really want to make sure you get some good renter's insurance in place. Renter's insurance is going to protect your stuff if something happens like a fire. Sure. Okay. If you um, are on your own now, you need to make sure you have your auto insurance in place. You need to make sure you've got homeowners insurance if you own a home. And here's a little known thing, too, is that if you have assets now that you're on your own, let's say your assets are over a million dollars, I generally recommend that you talk to your insurance agent about having an umbrella insurance policy. An umbrella policy sits on top of your car and home insurance and just provides an additional layer of protection if your car and your home insurance policy don't pay out enough for whatever situation has happened. Oh, wow! Smart. Yeah, so that's really important. And then you also want to be thinking in the insurance terms about, you know, are, what are your life insurance needs? Do you need to have some life insurance to leave a legacy to your kids um, or to... I pay off debt if you want to make sure that the assets that you're leaving are debt-free. Um, if you are the person who's paying child support, yes, you might want to think about having a life insurance policy. So if something happens to you and you're no longer there to pay child support, that there's money there to take care of your kids. Sure. I'm not telling you that you need to take life insurance out to take care of your ex-spouse. But if your child support is no longer there for your kids, what are your kids' lives going to be like? Okay. So, think about that, and that can be solved with a good life insurance policy. Um, people often don't think about the fact, too, that their biggest asset they have is their earning power. Oh. And so, uh, making sure you've got disability insurance there, too, is important, not only for yourself to take care of yourself, but if you have children to take care of, or if you have alimony payments for an ex or something like that, everybody's life changes if you get disabled. And so making sure you've gotten some good disability insurance into place, I think, is critical too. Okay. So I guess to kind of wind it up, let me give you three really strong pieces of, of advice. Okay. Number one, work with a team. Have a good CPA, a good financial planner, and a good attorney. And the attorney I'm talking about is a different type. Now you're moving into that type of attorney that can do those estate planning documents. Okay. Number two, understand what your budget is and understand what your cash flow is going to be like. And number three, don't rush your decisions. You have time to make good decisions and you want to have things be liquid and accessible And then you can change those decisions and focus forward on longer-term decisions once you've got your feet on the ground underneath you. So give us a call. Request that post-divorce financial kit. It includes a great budgeting tool. It includes a checklist of things to do, insurance, you know, how to fill the gaps with your insurance, what to be thinking about with that. And uh, we'd be happy to give that away to you for free. There's no charge. Just give us a call. 605-217-3555. And don't forget to sign up for our Retirement Readiness Seminar that's coming up on March the 22nd. And uh, you can sign up for that online at com. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks for being here with us, Amy. Thank you, Mary. You're listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and we'll see you next week.
0: Call us at 605-217-3555 for your copy of the Post-Divorce Financial Kit. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.